0: there is no physical evidence that any gang stalking ever went on. They are specifically instructed, you know, do not slash anyone's tires. Don't, you know, uh, vandalize their house. That is not the point of the program. The point of the program is to have maximum psychological effect and leave the minimal amount of evidence.
1: Ah, Listen living. Listening to Synchronon. Sick and Run. Yes. You're
2: listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. And
3: I'm Coffee Face Harrison. <laughs>
2: Harrison, so, I was thinking about you this week. It yeah. was like, here is one. Well, I don't know how many reasons you have not to commit suicide, but here's one possible reason for you not to commit suicide. Yes. You heard about the Elf reboot. I did. It's one of the seven seals, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) Elf is set for a TV return with a reboot in the works. Yes. Uh, Warner's doing it. And it's in the early stages. Is it a reboot or is
3: it a continuation? Well, they can't do a continuation because the dad, remember he got arrested for being a pedophile? Willie? Yeah, Willie. Willie Zepetto? <laughs> yeah, he took pictures of like a 14-year-old boy or some it's shit. It's conspiracy. See, d- yeah. Didn't he work on Hillary's staff? Crack, and he was smoking crack. And he was smoking <laughs> I can't crack. believe that.
2: Yeah, Willie. I wonder what happened to the rest of them. I don't know. I don't know. And th- I think good. this is going to be a full-on reboot, <laughs> okay, like yeah. a la Roseanne, but okay. it's going to be a continuation. So it's oh. like, I guess... Same puppet. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's yeah. still going to be... What was the yeah. guy that voiced it? I forget Oh he uh, died God, right
3: uh, Gordon No the guy in the suit died
2: in the, uh, the guy in the suit died But yeah. the guy who voiced it I think yeah. is, Voiced Alf Is still yeah. alive
3: you're, I think you're, you're Confusing him With his actual uh, Yeah Gordon Gordon uh, Shumway is Shumway is his, is his name yeah. But what's yeah. the name Of
2: the character or, I forget the guy Fusco uh, Fusco is okay. the guy yeah. That did it But that dude um, Or apparently And I did I forgot about this The way the show ended Yeah Alf was taken to Area 51 Where he's been Held captive Yeah And I don't know if they're experimenting on him or something. And fans were devastated when the series ended with Alf being hauled off
3: by the alien task force. Yeah, it was like when at the end of Wings, when they crashed into the fucking, you know, know, Nantucket Sound or whatever. So uh, what happened?
2: I mean, he just, they just ended, Alf got taken away. They ended
3: it with him. He was supposed to meet his like mothership. And then all of a sudden the FBI shows up with lights on him. And then it's like, series over goodbye you know and And they never revisited it no they did there was a tv movie like 10 years later in the late 90s called project alf which don't remember i saw it but i don't remember that much about it i it was like him in you know in captivity and you know they had him running on treadmills (laughs) and doing stuff but they're making it work were they feeding him cats um, I don't know what they were... F- I don't think he needed to eat cats. I think he just liked to eat so cats. So cats are kind of like a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup or yeah, something for yeah. Alf. Sure, yes. Okay. Um, um, but the, like, yeah, I was a big... I was a big fan of the show.
2: <laughs> you know, um, a while ago, yeah. I got into Small Wonder again, which I'm okay. sure they're going to reboot that. Sure. Which I think was one of the most bizarre... Uh, sitcoms ever to be made. Yes. It's fucking bizarre. But Small Wonder and Alf are very similar. That whole like fish yeah. out of water family has a secret to hide. Didn't he
3: make the fucking robot because their actual daughter died or something?
2: No, I think he just made this robot and then I took the it was technology just... home. They, I don't think he was doing it because it their cause... actual daughter I died. I thought it
3: was. I thought it was like some Mary Shelley shit. Not to Shelley my knowledge. Shit, you know?
2: it, it's such a weird show though because they raise this this daughter, they try to pass it off as human right. and they raise it as their own but every now and then Vicky will have a malfunction so he's like gotta take her apart and then yeah, he chops yeah. her up and he, yeah. he like dismantles her and puts her in a suitcase and then yeah. that's a big joke they're like Vicky's in here Yeah, <laughs> gotta go back to Dynamic Robots yeah. Inc yeah. you know whatever but ALF is very similar I, I don't know why in the 80s that was kind of a theme like it, yeah it was families had a secret to hide from everybody else so with this it was like they had ALF but I just remember thinking, maybe Alpha be cool again. So I bought seasons one, two, and three from Amoeba, and yeah. they're only like five bucks a piece. Yeah. started watching it, and I was like, yeah, I can't watch this again. Right, yeah. <laughs>
3: no, you can never go back. You can't go back the to The only Alf. thing I was ever able go- to go back to from my childhood that held up was fucking Count Ducula. That shit held the fuck up. Count
2: Ducula? Yeah. God, I don't even remember that it one. It was a
3: spinoff of Danger Mouse. Which I did like that yeah. at the time. It was about a vampire duck who wanted to be a comedian and he was a vegetarian. <laughs> and it was like Doctor Who because they had a castle that could travel through time and space. Ah, we have to check that out. It was fucking good. What great. years was that on? It was like the 80s. The, the mid- 80s? Late 80s? I think I missed yeah. that. Yeah. Missed that um, one. It was good It was good times. But th- there was an episode about that fucked me up big time because it was... Um, he was obsessed with Gilligan's Island. Because, you know, Alpha didn't get out much, obviously. Well, he's a all Alpha could do is watch TV, yeah. right? So he watched a lot of Gilligan's Island. And he was like, fuck you, Willie. This place sucks. I wish I lived on Gilligan's Island where everything is awesome. And people get knocked out constantly <laughs> by coconuts and whatever, you know. And, um, and Willie's like, well, fine, fuck off. So Alpha's in the backyard and then he hits his head. And he gets knocked out. And he has a dream that he's on it. Gilligan's Island. And they actually have the cast. They have fucking... Wait, they had the cast, the actual cast of Gilligan's John Island. John Denver. No, is it John? it's not John Denver. What's his name? No, Robert Denver. Rob Denver? No. Something Denver. Something I, mean, I know Denver. you're talking. The guy that played Gilligan. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. The, and Skipper and a bunch of other people. and And he's there, and it sucks. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> What a
2: shitty it, crossover. Yeah,
3: it's like lost. It's like he's on the island and it's literally like everything is terrible. Like how things would actually be if he was stranded Did they vote him off the island? island? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly <laughs> like what happened, but he woke up from it like a nightmare. And he's like, you know what? I guess this house is okay, Willie. As long as you <laughs> stop smoking crack and you know diddling kids or whatever. And raping children. Yeah.
2: Um so. You know, so according to Variety, there's no mm. writers attached to the project. Mm. You should get on this. Oh yeah. You're an elf elf, what did you say? Alficionado, <laughs> yeah. I think you could do this. Yeah.
3: I mean, do you, what was the deal Jordan with? Jerry Stahl used to write for uh, that show. for Alf? Yeah. I had no idea. You ever see him walking around? Yeah, you see yeah,
2: him yeah, around Los yeah, Feliz?
3: Yeah.
2: Um what was the deal with Alf? He came, why he just kinda like he, he, he came just from sort of I think he crashed. Oh, crash landed. Yeah. yeah, he crash landed in their garage. And were, were they in any kind of war? Or was he just a guy that was exploring space for Melmac? I don't remember. And then there was a cartoon. There were two cartoons. I remember the cartoon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went back to his planet. They went back to Melmac in the cartoon. Yeah. Uh huh. Did he have a wife? I don't think so. Did no. he have a penis?
3: Yeah. Like a Alfin? cat. Yeah. Probably like a cat does. You know, like where it comes out when he wants like it. Like a to. very small, Retractable, penis. huh? you know, like q tip looking thing.
2: Hmm. <laughs> I can't believe with you like hook, Alf that much. With the hook on the end. Like, <laughs> and like the claws <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it stays ah, in. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, I always thought, I always had a crush on the daughter. Willie's daughter. She was cute. Yeah. She was pretty cute. for Hades. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But She's yeah, kind
3: she was cute. cute. That, that little kid man that was the whole thing that little red-haired little fucker those you know did willie ever diddle him i hope not no. but remember there was, it was him and then the, there there's the red-headed neighbor from small wonder remember Oh, her? the same neighbor yeah 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 kimmy Gibbler is the same yeah. six from blossom they're all the same people it's an archetype it's yeah the it's fucking the same neighbor character. best friend the nosy girl neighbor, girl neighbor who's best like friend annoying and loud and who almost finds out the secret my so-called life yeah, you know, yeah. same, whatever the Jared fuck her Leto. name was. No, not Jared Leto. The fucking weird <laughs> chick who looked like all Cindy no, it's, it's, Yeah, out, it's like an archetype. You know? It's an archetype. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, anyway,
2: I uh, you know, they're also rebooting with Children. The only
3: person that cares about this conversation is probably Steele.
2: You, know? <laughs> you know? Well, I'm yeah. just wondering. But that's the thing. I tried to rewatch ALF and it just sucked. Yeah, Like yeah, it just yeah, didn't work. It didn't yeah. have that rewatchability. So in this day and age, these kids are growing up so jaded with the internet what do you think they're gonna think of Alf? I don't know.
3: They you can know, find a way to update it, man.
2: Maybe. I mean, yeah. I also heard that they're rebooting Married with Children, and uh, the whole yeah. cast is on board for that. So, okay. I, you know, either they're out of ideas, right? Or if they're like, like Roseanne yeah. did, did really well, they're like, fuck it, let's just reboot yeah, them all. Everything. Yeah, you know, we could do this. Murphy Brown. Yep. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Welcome back, Cotter. That's what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> With
3: Travolta, head of the class, Bill Connolly, <laughs> that kid who who made uh, Amanda Bynes go insane. Oh, Dennis Blunden, Blunden. Yeah, 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 head of the class. That uh-huh. yeah, was good. Yeah.
2: I always loved, that was it, Howard Hessman? Was it, yeah, Howard Hessman, yeah, because yeah, he, he was uh, Dr. Fever, yeah. WK- yeah, that's a show they should reboot, yes. That was one of the reasons why I got into
3: radio, yeah, WK. I thought I saw Stephen Root at Denny's yesterday yeah it,
2: which guy was he in that he, he was in no he was in news radio oh
3: news radio Just, yeah yeah I'm spitballing here
2: yeah yeah news radio association yeah god news, if you were in news radio you could have a successful podcast yes that's all it takes right yeah Joe Rogan Joe Rogan yeah. Andy Dick he has a success no but he, okay. could. Yeah, he, could. Foley, he, he could. could yeah he could Dave Foley he could
3: yeah he yeah. could
2: anyway uh, moving on, we actually have this is this is pretty cool. We have this interview coming up with the uh, this guy named Robert Guffey, who's the author of a book called Camellio A Strange but True Story of Invisible Spies, Heroin Addiction, and Homeland Security*. When uh, when Harrison mentioned this to me, I was like, "Wow, is this your your uh, biography? Did this guy write a biography of you?" Yeah, <laughs> it's it's an insane story, and uh, you told me about it. I had actually not, had not heard of it. And I started, you know, I uh, went and found a copy and I uh, started reading it. And I was like, well, this is obviously a work of fiction. Cause mm-hmm. it sounds like a, it's like a Philip K. Dick book. Yeah. You know, it's just, um, you know, but it's set in like, uh, in uh, the early aughts. But then after, uh, you know, reading a little bit more about the guy and then going to his uh, blog is a blog called at uh, cryptoscatology dot com. Now this is nonfiction. This actually happened to his friend. Yeah uh he he was friends with this junkie in san diego who uh got basically got involved the wrong side of the government and uh, was being harassed with this kind of psychological warfare where they're testing out some bizarre weapons on this guy yeah you know i'm surprised like have have you ever thought
3: this was happening to you (laughs) i haven't gotten there yet
2: because when i was reading through this i'm like this has harrison this just sounds like harrison
3: yeah, I kind of felt like both characters were different parts of my personality when I was writing it, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, so
2: anyway, I don't want to ruin anything because this guy's pretty fascinating. Um, But, but yeah, coming up next here, we're about to give a call to uh, Robert Guffey, um, who's the author of this book, Camellio.
4: Hello?
2: Robert, it's uh Dean Harrison here calling from Sick and Wrong. How's it going?
4: <laughs> Hello, I, were, were you dialing the... Uh the number
2: correctly or um you Uh, know what you know what I didn't know that this is a landline so I'd actually texted you to say hey we're gonna call you in about 10 minutes but apparently it's a landline so uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah you didn't get that text (laughs) sorry (laughs) about the confusion it's okay all right. So we have Robert Guffey here, the author of Cryptoscatology, Conspiracy Theories and Art Forms, Spies and Saucers, and uh, Camellio, A Strange But True Story of Invisible Spies, Heroin Addiction, and Home security. And most re- recently, your book, uh, Until the Last Dog Dies. Um, yes,
4: which, which is a novel. Yes.
2: Which is a, a fiction novel, so, which leads me to my first question. So uh, Camellio is nonfiction, right? That's a, a 100% true story.
4: Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes.
2: Okay, and and you and the protagonist Dion um, was a, is a friend of yours in real life.
4: Yes, yes. I'm sort of like the the Watson to uh, to Damien's uh, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I, I, I'm the one who's sitting there, you know, writing down, documenting everything that is happening to Damien. In the book, I, I call him Dion.
2: But, his, but uh, his real name's Damien. So you're chronicling his, his adventures. How do you know? How yeah. do you know this guy?
4: We met on my uh, 16th birthday.
2: Oh, okay. So uh, you knew him from uh, high a school. A mutual
4: friend brought him over to my apartment when I, on on my 16th birthday. So I've known him all, all the way since then.
2: And so then, okay. so I know in the story, he ends up uh, meeting a guy who uh, who had. Um, Gone AWOL from Camp Pendleton in San Diego and stolen some uh, military equipment, and then he's he becomes a victim of gang stalking. Can you explain what gang stalking is?
4: Uh, Yes, Uh, gang stalking is essentially is a term that has cropped up in the past ten years or so to describe this. When I was first, when Damien was first going through all this back in two thousand and three, that word didn't even exist yet. Um, they were calling it street theater because that was the closest thing that anyone could could label it. But gang stalking is essentially the organized surveillance and harassment of an individual by a gang of people. Uh, government-approved vigilantes, I suppose you could call it, uh, even though that sounds like a paradox. How can you be
2: a vigilante, a vigilante the government. if you're a
4: Government approved, right? But that's essentially what it is. It's plausible deniability. Uh, you farm out this unconstitutional, illegal surveillance to these underlings who go out and do your surveillance for you.
2: So what are, what are these guys, like some shady men in black characters? Or, or are they actually like, you know, um, uh, employees of the NSA or something? Uh,
4: some of them are actually government agents uh some of them are actually uh, military but a lot of them are people who they recruit into this program it's it's basically an organization of uh ex-law enforcement people uh and uh, uh, they're involved in this uh, a great deal they, they go back to the uh to the 1950s during the anti-communist uh era uh and uh it's very much like COINTELPRO, which was the organization uh, created in the 1960s. You know, pe- People like G. Gordon Liddy and E. Howard Hunt, those Watergate guys, uh, going around and surveilling and harassing journalists like Jack Anderson, uh, whistleblowers like Daniel Ellsberg. Um, they, they, you know, Liddy and, and Hunt tried to kill Jack Anderson, the journalist, by, by putting liquid LSD on a steering wheel. Uh, And that was supposed to make him hallucinate and like drive off the bridge, but that didn't happen. Instead, he just thought he was flying or something. Uh, He probably listened to Beatles or something.
2: Yeah, he probably had a good time. Exactly.
4: He sat down. He listened to to Sergeant (laughs) Pepper's and grew his hair long (laughs) in in 15 seconds. So, uh, so so this kind of stuff has been going on all the way back to the 50s with the LEIU, which is an organization that's still around, still doing this. Uh, and and went through into the 60s in the Cointelpro, and then after 9/11, morphed into this vast uh, operation of going around surveilling people. And I think, you know, after 9/11, uh, all the intelligence agencies said, "Oh, you know what? Uh, uh, we 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 messed up. Uh, the only way to solve this problem uh, is to give us more money." That that's that's what happens in the black budget world. If you mess up and two buildings are brought down, you're rewarded with money. The the, the black budget money that's coming to them, they have to use it some way. So they have to spy on people. If there's no one to spy on, then they need to make up people to spy on. They need to make up reasons why these people need to be surveilled. And unfortunately, I think Damien in 2003, two years after 9-11, got caught up in the wrong place at the wrong time in a kind of – Kafka esque absurdist nightmare, and that spilled out into what became the book Camellia.
3: In the book, you, uh, you say that a lot of this was uh, initiated by the the NCIS. And the you said NCIS. That there was an agent, a female agent, that you didn't see her. You spoke to her on the phone, correct?
4: I spoke to her on the phone. Her name, is, her, her, I call her in the book, uh, Lita Johnson, mm. it, it, uh, which is not her real name. Uh, in the book, I because all this is starts out because Damien allowed this guy, Lee Slash Doyle, I, I don't know his real name, to live, to stay at his house, right? And he had, ta- he had gone AWOL from Camp Pendleton, and he had taken, among other things, I said in the book 23 pairs of high-tech night vision goggles, and in every previous interview I've done, I said 23. Uh, I, I now know that it was 28 because I actually have – the official paperwork in my hand now, and I'm, I'm waving it next to the phone at the moment, and and wh- and this I came about this in the most interesting way. A guy was interviewing me to do a print interview with me in a magazine, a fairly well-known magazine, which subsequently spiked the story because they said it would ruin their brand, um, uh, and and so the guy wanted more proof that this had actually happened, so I said, well, look, I'll give you the name of the NCIS agent, because uh, I didn't want to put her real name in the book, but I'll give it to you, I said to the guy, and you can, and and here's her phone number, and here's the address I had for her at the time, you know, l- look into it, so he did, and he actually found her, um, her resume, because soon after all this, she left the NCIS And so she was applying for a private sector job outside the military. And so she posted her resume (laughs) Hmm. uh, online. Uh, And uh, this guy found it, and he he sent it to me. He said, is this her? And I said, yes. And I looked at it, and apparently he didn't read it in detail, because I then sent him an email back saying, did you see the sixth bullet point down underneath performance profile? And he said, no, I hadn't read that far down. Because what it says here is, under performance profile, it says senior criminal investigator recovered 28 night vision goggles valued at $550,000, captured and prosecuted the offender. So uh, in the past, people have sometimes asked me, well, what happened to Lee Doyle? And I've had to say, I don't know. And one guy, I was on Dave Schrader's show, uh, Darkness Radio, and he goes, well, how can you not know? I mean, it'd be easy just to use FOIA to find out. Who this guy is? Well, first of all, I don't have his last name. Second of all, FOIA is not a magic key that just unlocks any secret that you want. Uh, Also, the military doesn't have to give you any information that it doesn't wish to give you. Uh, But I now know, I can say definitively, that he was captured and prosecuted, Hmm. and that there were were 28 night vision goggles. I said 23 prior to that because that was Damien's memory, but maybe that's all that he saw. Uh, It could be that there were more because it says recovered 28 night vision goggles could be he took more than 28. But that's the that's the exact number here in uh, in the resume.
3: Yeah, it's weird Uh, because I always wondered like what NCIS did exactly, because on that show, it's always like, oh, an admiral murdered his wife. And it's like, how the fuck often does that happen? You know, why is there a whole show
2: about this? I just, I just wonder why they would go on this harassment campaign of your friend just for night vision goggles. I mean, you can go on Amazon and buy night vision goggles.
4: Very, very good question. And also, if, if you know what I just said there, that they were valued at $550,000. Yeah, I, that's why, really would odd too. why would 28 night vision goggles equal that much money? As you just said, you can buy them for much less online. That, that's what led to, uh, later on, Uh, as I said, I I question Damien's sanity. I I mean, I really, all the way up until a certain point, I was leaving out, I, I was thinking... Since I've known him since I was 16, I, 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 I know insanity. I've looked insanity in, in the eyes. I've known people who were genuinely insane. Uh, and Damien never exhibited any of that. Uh, yeah, and
2: but he was, a dr- I mean, he was a drug addict. The guy used to uh, He was, did, absolutely was he meth? a drug addict. I mean, it sounds to uh, me, it sounds like what he was recounting was like, pa- like paranoid meth delusions.
4: Meth paranoia. That was the first thing that came into my mind yeah. when he first told me all this. That's why I asked him to photograph uh, the license plate of the cars that were following him which he did and then he sent those to me and I, I printed the list of those license plates in the book it's, it's early on in the book I had that list and I sent that list to my friend who works at the DMB up in Washington uh, Seattle Washington and he ran the license plates through the computer and they all came back as officially non-existent Ooh. which to, to me the only possible explanation for that because I knew that they were real license plates. Also, let's say that they weren't. Let's say that Damien made up random license plate numbers. Uh, You know, uh, even if he, even if that was the case, do you think he would hit on a real license plate, you know, or if he was crazy and he thought that the cars outside were following him, but they weren't they were just people who lived in the neighborhood, they would still come up as real license plates for real cars, people living in san Diego. they didn't they came up as officially non existent The only reason that would be is if they were government vehicles yeah, that's There's kind of no what, real
2: that's what I was thinking that they could be like some kind of special government vehicle so uh, it, it, Rob, Robert, tell me like some of the I guess non-lethal weapons that they employed on your friend here, because some of it's just really bizarre out there stuff, like the directed technology weapons and the um, uh, the cloaking technology. Like, what do, what do they do to, uh, well, that, to Damien? That,
4: now, I should say that when when Damian started telling me about all this stuff, I had some vague knowledge of that kind of thing, just because I knew I was friends with Walter Board. Who wrote the book Operation Mind Control back in 1978, uh, which was like really the first book about CIA mind control experiments and all and all MK Ultra and all that since mm. come out and, and, and is public knowledge. Uh, and so I was somewhat familiar with that area, but when when Damien starts telling me about that there are invisible people in his house pushing him over and things, I had no knowledge of that. I never heard of anything like that, I mean, except in fiction, you know. Uh, so, I, I mean, one of the reasons why that I finally 100% believed him was when we met Richard Schongert, uh, who is a scientist and uh, recently retired, but had been working at Northrop Grumman and in the military for years. And he's in the Scottish Rite uh, Masonic Lodge in Long Beach, as am I. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when, when Damien came across his website where he was talking about his Project Camelio website, which is where the title of the book comes from, uh, I was amazed by the fact that Schoenger mentioned that he was in the Masonic Lodge in Long Beach because it was my, it was my own lodge. Uh, so I realized, well, I know this guy. Uh, so I, I sent him a message and asked him if I could interview him. Uh, and so we sat down, and I brought Damien with me. And Damien said, you know, based on what he'd seen on Schoengert's website, he thought, Well this this looks like the kind of thing that they were using on me, this optical camouflage technology, which is part of the exotic weaponry that you're asking me about. And and so when we sat down, I, I really had no I think a part of me thought that when we sat down with Richards, this was going to be a total dead end. It was not going to in any way link up with anything that had happened to Damien. But every question I asked him, he comes back with something that links exactly with what had happened to Damien. He starts volunteering information that I hadn't even asked him. I mean, for example, he, s- he starts saying how he had shown the Navy uh, this technology 10 years prior. And that he had shown it to a corporation called SAIC, SAIC, Science Applications International Corporation, which I think is the, what the acronym stands for, which at that time had been based in San Diego and has since split off into two different corporations, one of which maintains the name SAIC, and the other half is called Lidos, and they're based mm. in Virginia, right next to CIA headquarters. And they specialize in this kind of exotic weaponry. Uh, richard had sh- had shown them the technology eight to ten years prior o- around the time that he had also shown the navy and he thought that they were going to enter a new deal with him to t- so he could contract this stuff out to them because it, from richard 's perspective, he was very naive about it. he thought he was developing this to be used to defend the United States against foreign enemies, et etc, et etc, and he put all this stuff in the patent about what the optical camouflage technology could do. And uh, I asked him at one point, could this be used as psychological warfare? Could you get someone? Could you make someone see things that weren't really there? Not not just make people invisible, but actually change the landscape around someone so that people would think they were hallucinating. And he immediately replied, Oh yes, absolutely. That's the psychological warfare aspects of the technology are in the original patent.
2: So, wait, um, Robert, how does it work? I mean, is it like a suit, like a, that, that suit in Scanner Darkly? Like you put it on, and then all of a sudden you become like camouflage in the background?
4: Uh, yeah, Or is it a it's, cloak? It's, a, it's, it's exactly like a Scanner Darkly. And in fact, the first person to ever interview me about Camellia was Tessa Dick, um, Phil Dick's widow. Oh, wow. Phil Dick, who wrote a Scanner Darkly. She has a radio show called Ancient of Days. And she read Camellio and said, this is exactly what was happening to me and Phil back in the 70s when we were living in Orange County.
2: <laughs> well, he had to have and- inspired a lot of you know, scientists, I'm sure. But yeah, that's, oh. that's bizarre. So this, this guy, Richard, kind of sounds like Michael Douglas's character in Ant-Man. <laughs> I'm not, I, mean, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's like he was working, you know, for this company scientist guy that was like, oh, I'm going to make this technology that would, you know, benefit the United States. And all of a sudden this evil corporation stole it. And then he went, you know, on his own.
3: Yeah. And in the book, you compare it a lot to uh, the Predator's gear.
4: A- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that it's funny. I was just watching, I saw the new Ant-Man movie and there's a character in there called the, the Grey Ghost or the Ghost. And at first, when you first see her character, it's very much – it at first appears to be very similar to Richard's technology because she's wearing this full-on suit that kind of makes her blur. Later on, as the plot evolves, you see that she can actually walk through walls and things like that. Richard's technology cannot do that. But uh, that did pass through my mind as I was watching the film. <laughs> uh, there, there's also – there's a, um, I mentioned in the book how there's a special effects – uh, a woman in Hollywood who contacted me wanting to talk to Richard because a piece of the interview, a very small piece of the interview, had been published in UFO Magazine back in 2007. And this woman, who's a well-known special effects artist in Hollywood, contacted me and wanted to talk to Richard because she wanted to know if Richard had any of these suits available. <laughs> I, I think she thought that Richard was like Tony Stark and has these suits like, in his them. closet. <laughs> uh, you can just buy them off the shelf. It, it, this was entirely theoretical, of course. I mean, in other words, Richard had all the plans, but you would need a, a vast budget in order to actually enact them in reality, which is what they did. So they came in, the Navy and SAIC came in and talked to Richard, and they're what they call in the intelligence parlance vacuum cleaners. People who come in, they talk to you, they pretend to be nice, but what they're really doing is they're vacuuming up all your brain And then they go away, and then they use it. Uh, And I really think that what happened was that they they took Richard's plans, they developed it, they manifested it in reality, and then uh, they they needed to test it out. Uh, At the time when all this was happening, a colleague of mine at CSU Long Beach, where I teach, said to me, I told her this whole thing, and she said, uh, why, why would they need to, to test it on some junkie in San Diego? Why wouldn't they just test it on the military base, on Camp Pendleton?
2: Or you could pay college students. I would have done this in college. It's like, sweet, I'll take some acid and <laughs> to test it on a cloaking device. <laughs> like, well, yeah, why did they target your friend?
4: Well, I, I think the answer is because uh, if you're testing something that's an optical camouflage suit, you want to you test that in a real time situation. You don't want to test it in a controlled environment in a, in a laboratory where everyone knows what's going on. You want to test it on someone who does not know what's going on so that you can carefully document every time he sees you, which Damien did at times, where where the technology would break down. And what he would see is a kind of outline of these little aura-like dots in the air, like sparkling little dots in the air, which, similar to what people describe who suffer from intense migraine headaches, these little sparkling dots in the air, they're called auras. And so Damien would see this, and he questioned his own sanity, am I actually seeing this? Later, <laughs> during an interview with Richard, and Damien mentions that detail, that was the moment, because when I, I said to Richard at a certain point during the interview, listen, my friend here, Damien, has a story to tell you, and Damien told him the story, and Richard looked very skeptical certainly and but when when Damien mentioned that detail about the little sparkling dots you would see in the air, Richard leans forward and goes that 's exactly what it looks like when the technology is not working properly and mm. then and then uh, so you would want to know that you want to know when does the target notice that I'm here uh, because you want to make sure that that technology is working well when you use it in the field in the Middle East somewhere, because this stuff doesn't make you bulletproof. <laughs> you know? uh, you, you want to make sure that this stuff is actually working. And so why not why not test it on someone who A has already pissed you off? Uh, yeah, yeah. B. You, you think that you think that he is withholding information uh, when he's not. And then C, he's a junkie, who's going to believe him anyway? Uh, yes. And in fact, I think that that's a standard operating procedure. They 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 target people who are on the fringe, uh, people who are insane. Did he have a record? Drug addicts, homeless people. Does does Damien have a record? Yeah, did he at the time? Uh, yeah, yes.
2: Okay, <laughs> well, so <laughs> yes. there you go. Like even if he called the uh, the authorities, they'd probably be like, "All right, <laughs> look who we're dealing with again."
4: Oh yeah, yeah, and and that was uh, revealed in a conversation he had with uh, Lita Johnson, the uh, the lead investigator of the case, because she was constantly she she would come, but there would be all these people outside, all these cars surveilling him, um, harassing him, honking their horns at 3 a.m., doing ridiculous things, uh, just to unnerve him, and then they would, all the cars would back out and drive away and then suddenly Lita Johnson would come in with two underlings knock on the door and then she'd say so, are you ready to cooperate now? And then Damien would say, I can't cooperate because I don't know anything. (laughs) I don't know where these night vision goggles are and all this other stuff he took. I, I know nothing about it. I just met this guy and he crashed on my sofa. That's all that happened. She didn't believe that. She thought Damien was part of some conspiracy to uh, sell the equipment to Al-Qaeda or ISIS or whatever.
3: What's the deal uh, with the, the part of that book where the um, there's like ape men in the in the desert?
4: Oh, you mean the, the, the ape men? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The that ape was, men, yes. That yes. was very uh, odd. <laughs> uh, yes, that is peculiar. You know, I, I, it was suggested to me that I leave that part out <laughs> <laughs> because it's so insane that it cast out and everything else, but uh, one of my favorite writers is John A. Keel, who wrote a book called *The Mothman Prophecies*. Oh yeah, which was later made into a film with Richard Gere in 2001 or 2002. Uh, the, the Mothman Prophecies—that's one of my favorite books, up there with *Alice in Wonderland*. Uh, and in in an interview that John Keel conducted uh, several years after publishing the book, he said that a lot of his fellow UFO investigators would make the mistake of leaving out any details that conflicted with their own pet theory of what the UFO phenomenon meant. Or if it was too ridiculous or it was silly, they would leave out those details because they were already dealing with a subject that was considered to be silly, UFOs. So to add something in there that was, that was even more crazy would just... We would just make the whole thing seem like, like a lunatic had made it up. John Keel said those details, those ridiculous details, were often the most important ones. So he always put those details in, and I find that that's absolutely true. And so in this case, uh, Damien had a friend named Adam. They called him Adam Splatum. Uh, he was also being gang-stalked at the same time and harassed and surveilled, just like the Damien. And he had gone with uh, a friend into the desert in Santee, California, S A N T E E, which is near San Diego. Into this desert area, and they were driving around, and there were these uh, ape men, uh, meaning upright apes, and with and they had guns in their hands, and they were shooting it, <laughs> like, like pra- practicing, practicing shooting these guns out in the desert. And they got close to him. Adam and his friend got close to him, and he he said they they looked. Like it almost like got close enough to them to see their eyes uh, and that it freaked them the hell out. And they got the hell out of there real quick. What were now, they on?
5: Because
4: <laughs> <laughs> I want some. <laughs> uh, it, there's various explanations. A, they were on drugs and they were hallucinating. Completely possible. B, uh, I asked Richard, can you use this optical camouflage technology to make people think that they're seeing things that are not there. And Richard replies, oh, you can, you, can make them, you can make them think they're seeing a dragon or a man turning into a tree. <laughs> whatever, hmm. whatever you can think of, you could make someone think that they're seeing that in order to, in order to make the target think that they're going crazy. You know there's an old episode of Mission Impossible. There's a new Mission Impossible movie out now, you know right right with Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. that was based on a TV show right from the 70s. Mm-hmm. The whole point of that show every episode was that the main character and his team of intelligence agents would go out and try to make people think that they're going crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's one particular episode I remember seeing when I was a kid where the special effects guy, there was a, there was a guy on the team whose main job was disguises, and so they were trying to freak out this Cuban dictator to make him think he was going crazy, and so they made up everyone around him to look like they had skull faces and things. It, it, but they were just using makeup, you know, in this in this episode.
3: Do you think those ape think, men have anything? Favorite TV uh... show
4: is Mission Impossible, by the way. What was that? Do you think those ape men
3: have anything to do with Roseanne getting fired?
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it's very possible. Yeah, Very yeah, possible. they should
2: probably like use that technology to pretend to be Roseanne to harass people. Yeah, that would make me freak out. Um, so, <laughs> so do you think this is a quick question? We're we're gonna wrap up here, but do you think a lot of alien sightings and abductions can be explained by the government testing these type of weapons?
4: Absolutely, yes. That's that's when I mentioned earlier that a small part of the interview had been in UFO magazine. That I didn't send it to UFO magazine because they pay well. Uh, I sent it to UFO Magazine because I wanted the people who read that magazine to realize wait a minute, I might have, you know, the thing that was in my bedroom, uh, it looked like an alien and it felt like it was an alien experience. It's possible that it was not. Uh, And in fact, later in the book, I mentioned my encounter with uh, Melinda Leslie, who is an alien who claims to be an alien at the T and also has investigated a lot of my lab cases, which my lab stands for military abductions. In other words, people who are abducted by aliens and then later are reabducted by the military. And they, they generally, they report that their abductions by the military are far more horrendous and violent than when the aliens abducted them, which is interesting detail. But uh, Melinda Leslie, when I'm talking to her, I, I'm telling her the whole story about Damien. And I'm about to get to the detail of telling her that, he his apartment was located within walking distance of SAIC headquarters, the corporation that I later learned, went and vacuumed up the information from Richard Jungert. I'm about to tell her that detail when Melinda stops me and goes, "Does this have anything to do with SAIC?" Now that's hmm. not that's not a detail that most people know. That, that that's not a, SAIC is not something that's floating in most people's consciousness, and she just throws that out there. The reason she knew that was because. In her investigations of these MyLab cases, alien abductees being abducted by the military, uh, she had found that SAIC was a link among many of them. That a lot of these people had some connection to people who worked for SAIC, and that SAIC kept popping up in her investigations. I think that that's very suggestive, and points towards exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and that's- I can
3: say that definitely. Uh, the when I was at I was at the Dulce base conference last month. And there's, I forget the guy's name, but he wrote a book called Project Beta, which is all about that. How the Air Force was actually Force using fabricating uh, UFO sightings to test aircraft and fuck and uh, confuse the Soviets. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, um,
4: and, and 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 there's a um, history of this. Uh, Jacques Vallee, in his book Messengers of Deception, talks about uh, the fact that in the Philippines there was a special. Operation by intelligence agents, where they preyed upon the local uh, superstitions of the local uh, Filipinos, who intensely believed in vampires, and so they actually would make it seem as if they would stage vampire attacks <laughs> it, in the Philippines to make it seem as if vampires were. It's almost like that old Bela Lugosi movie, *Mark of the Vampire*, where there's a guy who kills someone and makes it look like a vampire did it. Uh, it, it they they actually do use these. These techniques, which on the surface sounds that, – well, that's ridiculous, but it's actually documented that they've done things like this. They've also used cryptozoology as a cover to do spying operations in Tibet. That's also documented. They, they made it seem as if they were sending out people. Uh, people were going out to investigate the Yeti, the abominable snowman, but that was just a cover to spy on the communists in Tibet. So there's a history of using the paranormal and the occult lore and UFO lore to their advantage.
3: Now, I have one more question for you, Robert. You might have another one after me. But, um, so I think it was maybe like three, four years ago. This was a cover story on The Fortean Times. I remember that, right? Yes. Now, four years ago was kind of a very different time. It was kind of before we started living in the, the hyper-real. The, the uh, fake news era. Yeah, that we that we exist in today. And I hadn't read it then, but I came across this um, cause now, because I'm in, I'm, I'm in a research wormhole that I'm cursed to mind for this podcast where I'm reading about <laughs> QAnon and 4chan all the time. And I saw it referenced again by people there. And then that caused me to read it. Uh, how do you feel now that since you've been a conspiracy guy for a long time and now there's like masses of people who are like, you can't trust CNN you have to worry about, you know, the fucking Hadron hey Collider being an Anunnaki Stargate and all this shit. And Space Force. Yeah, and, you know, pedophilia rings that are, you know, run pizza by, gate. you know, Pizzagate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you feel about all this?
4: Well, uh, you know, it's interesting. It, uh, originally, the, the the term conspiracy theorist was originally created by the CIA in order to uh, make it seem as if the people who were investigating the JFK assassination were all nuts and so they came up with the term conspiracy theorist uh, in order to devalue their their research uh, so in, around about 2000-2001 John Rappaport excellent investigative reporter uh, nominated for the Pulitzer Prize uh, he wrote a book called AIDS Inc uh, he wrote a book called The Secret Behind Secret Societies excellent writer he started a website back in 2000, I think, called nomorefakenews.com. And where now, it, it, going since 2000, John Robbord has been talking about fake news. And he meant CNN, C-SPAN, New York Times, Los Angeles Times. He was talking about that as fake news. Now, someone decided, we're going to take that and flip it so that now we're going to mean uh, all these like alt-right people are spreading, you know, Pizzagate. That's fake news. So someone, someone, somewhere decided that they needed to take John for Rappaport's phrase and flip it so that it meant the opposite. Um, just like later on, conspiracy theorists decided to sort of adopt conspiracy theorists as now it's like a badge of armor. I'm a conspiracy theorist. You know, that's, it's like your profession, right? Uh, uh, instead of, instead of it being a pejorative. Uh, So I I think it is interesting that I think a lot of the stuff, like Pizzagate, is floated out there in order to cast doubt on stories that are real, uh, like the Franklin cover-up book by John W. DeCamp, which is a very well-researched book. And John W. DeCamp was a reasonable person for the most part. Um, I think some, some of his conclusions probably go astray. Uh, but no one's 100% perfect. Uh, but the Franklin cover-up was was a was a real investigation of high-level uh, of uh, politicians um, using uh, children, uh, having prostitution rings and things like that. Those things have happened in the past. And now, so you throw out something ridiculous like Pizzagate. Uh, and then that cast out on all these stories that are real. So I think a lot of this is, in fact, strategic, and that uh, these people have a history of doing things like that, of creating fake stories in order to cast out on the stories that are true.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that's happening. I mean, I, I think you should have a healthy dose of skepticism with, regardless of what you're hearing. I just feel yeah. a lot of people aren't able to have critical thought anymore. <laughs> And they're oh, just no. Well, I mean, I, mean
4: I, see, I, I see it myself. You know, I teach at CSU Long Beach. So I've been teaching since 2002. Uh, as I age, my students remain the same exact age. So, so my students yeah. are always 18, right? Okay, so I've seen from year to year, from 2002 to 2018, how 18-year-olds have changed. Uh, and I can tell you that there's, starting about last year, the students, in other words, students born in 9-11... So the students yeah, I'm getting now are very yeah. different from the students that preceded them. And and also, these are the students who would have grown up in the Common Core uh, situation. Uh, you may not know this, but one of the dictates of Common Core is that they remove fiction from the uh, from the template. So uh, there's very little fiction early on. Then by the time you get to fifth grade, they eliminate fiction. But
2: they're not even common- reading Lord of the Rings anymore? <laughs> In high school,
4: they're not reading. They're not reading anything.
3: What are people going to do high. if they don't read *Red Badge of Courage*? My <laughs> yeah. God!
4: How will the world function?
1: Who,
4: I have students who tell me I, I assign, say, slaughterhouse 5. I had a student tell me this is the first time I've ever been asked to read a book. She goes, this <laughs> That's is amazing!
2: insane! Wow! Yeah. Uh,
4: and and I teach creative writing, so last semester I was teaching a class called it's called creative nonfiction. In other words, you're you're teach, you're writing autobiographical stories, but, but you're writing in such a way where you're shaping the narrative so that it's, it's interesting and, and readable, like Camellia. Uh And so all I, this is the first time where I've been asked this question. Several students in each of the three classes I was teaching came to me, and they wanted to know what, what, it, what I meant by nonfiction. They, they didn't know what nonfiction was. Oh man! <laughs> and so I had—I didn't think that I would have to on the first day define it, but but because they have not read, they have not been assigned fiction. They no longer know the difference between fiction and nonfiction, which I think is one of the reasons why in Common Core they remove fiction, so that you won't be able to know what fiction is when it comes spouting out of the mouth of the president or a newscaster or a military recruiter or your mommy or daddy or your psychiatrist. You won't know when it's fiction because you've never read fiction. It's blurred.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's
4: completely blurred, and I I had to stop the class to define what nonfiction was.
2: Oh, man. God, the future is bleak. Uh, So, uh, last question here. What happened to Damien? Like, do you still speak to him? Like, how'd this all kind of wrap up?
4: Uh, uh, Damien is uh, uh, cavorting uh, uh, unhappily in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, The last time I spoke to him, he'd been evicted from his apartment. He had just experienced, he just had a a really nasty experience where uh, he was making a jar of iced tea, and It's you know, he put it in the jar and then left it on the windowsill. Right. And it took hours looking forward to drinking this iced tea and then suddenly, without wanting to, he grabbed it, took off the top and then poured it over his own head. And he said it was an extremely odd experience for your arms to be doing something that your brain was telling it not to do. Is he still on the drugs? (laughs) 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 That's a given. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's just a given. So I, I, I make it very clear that, that Damien is not a, a credible witness in any way. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but the problem is, is that there are all these other people who report the same thing.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so Damien lives in the Pacific Northwest and hopefully he's not being harassed as often. I'm looking <laughs> yeah. forward to reading your new book, Until the Last Dog Dies, which is a work of fiction. Uh,
4: Yes, Until the Last Dog Dies is, it's about, from the point of view of a stand-up comedian, uh, uh, and there's a virus, there's a a strange disease that's spreading all around the globe that attacks only the the humor centers of the brain. So it doesn't kill you, it just wipes away your sense of humor. And it's told from the point of view of a young stand-up comedian in L.A. as he's trying to deal, later on in the book, he comes down with the disease as well. So it's a metaphor for everything that you've seen. Recently, yeah, um, you know, um, people going through people's Twitter accounts to find old jokes that they Just told. The moral so outrage right them. now.
2: Yeah, it's like so relevant, especially with like what's going on with James Gunn.
4: You know? a- a- absolutely. Like, is there someone, is there anyone on the planet who actually thinks James Gunn is a pedophile <laughs> based on jokes? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's utter madness, uh, and until last dog dies, just taps into that perfectly. It, it was published last November, but it's it's more relevant than ever. So I, yeah. I recommend it.
2: I definitely want to check it out, people. You can pick up Camellio at orbooks.com or books. don't buy
4: it on Amazon because yeah. the independent booksellers are selling it for like hundred bucks. It's ridiculous. No. You can get it for eighteen bucks uh, at orbooks.com.
2: Yeah, God, Amazon. Also, you can learn more about Robert and his work at uh, your blog, cryptoschatology.com.
4: Yes, yeah, my other three books, Cryptoschatology, Spies and Saucers, Till the Last Dog Dies, you can buy those. Those are available on Amazon, but don't buy Camellia on Amazon.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Robert, thanks for being on the show. It's great talking to you. I,
4: it, was, it was great being on. I, uh, yeah, I had fun. Fun time. All right, take care. Okay, great. Thanks.
2: So I was wondering what happened to the guy, that, that Damien guy. I was too, yeah. Or Dion or whatever the was, the characters in the book. Because, you know, at reading the book, I was like, I, what, what happened to the guy? Yeah. It just sort of ended and then, because the whole time I was thinking, why would not you just move if you're being harassed? They're not going to track you down. He did,
3: he did move. For and, a little uh, while he yeah, was okay, the, he moved to a small town. And he was okay because it was so small they couldn't really fuck with him there. And then he had to leave
2: and they had to leave yeah but you were saying like most of these dudes end up like getting married or something and moving yeah, on i mean their no life. it's
3: like uh, when you ask me like what happened to this dude i'm surprised you asked that because you know guys like that i'm a guy like that you probably know other guys like well me. I, I
2: figured suicide yeah either or they, od
3: either they die or they get fine and then they're married and then they whatever. whatever they have a you know? good kid yeah and, and they have a kid and they work at best buy or yeah something. one of those two yeah. things happens so I was, I I was assumed one of those two things happened well
2: this guy's like living on the streets in like the Pacific Northwest yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously didn't end too well with him but uh, yeah I kind of want to check out his, uh, his uh, most recent book Until the Last Dog Dies mm. sounds, uh, sounds like it resonates this day and age mm. anyway um, this episode 646 here is sick and wrong we have new stories coming up next we have some phone calls after that but first here's a word about our Patreon page
3: Do you need more Sick and Wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a Sick and Wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, Extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better sick and wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com sick and wrong. So, the first story we have here um, this is a big
2: story. This has been all over the news. You know, a guy goes out and murders an ex president's doctor. Big news. It's mm. big news. I, you know, I, I read about it because it was like this guy just kind of seemingly murdered George H. George Bush Sr., George H. W. Bush's doctor, and then just for no reason, and it disappeared. He murdered the doctor. Yeah. you I mean, that in a
3: confusing way.
2: You're no, he murdered like he the murdered, doctor, okay. not George H. W. Bush. Right. This guy treated hmm. Bush Sr. back in the
3: day. Is George H. W. Bush still alive? Believe it go- or
2: not, that guy still is alive. Okay.
3: Yeah, his, I always think, his wife died. I always sometimes think I'm like going into the Mandela effect where I think like, certain people are dead They're like McDonald's is now McDonald's and Popeye was racist or something. I don't even know what's going well, on. Well, anymore.
2: I think what's confusing about that, it's like George Herbert Walker Bush and then George W. Bush. Right. It's like, come on. It's true. You know, that's why Jews don't have juniors. Yeah. You know, we, we like to tell our kids apart. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I'm you could say like the smart junior. one and the dumb one, I guess right. you could do that, yeah, you know? Yeah. But anyway, this would be the smart evil one. It's yes. just <laughs> like the CIA. Yeah. Uh this guy like this doctor just treated him back in like the or, or, i don't know like two thousand two thousand one right and uh that I don't know that's his claim to fame, mm. but apparently Joseph Pompas had a vendetta against this doctor and just mm. totally did a random hit on the street i mean I, I, the guy they're from blues traveler. Now, what's that guy's name? That's Popper. Oh, John, John Popper. Popper. Yeah. Okay, okay. That would be hilarious. Yeah. If John Popper killed George H.W. Bush's doctor yeah. on a bike in the middle of a street. Because you know there'd be a harmonica solo involved. <laughs> I mean, God, Popper's music has yeah, made me want yeah. to kill myself. Hey. Um, but yeah, this guy was riding, like the doctor's just on his bike, you know, riding to work. He's a healthy guy because he's a doctor. And this guy rides past him, turns around, and just caps him three times in the back. It was like a white person drive-by on like 10 speeds. Yeah, you know, amazing. But anyway, they found out who the guy is after a manhunt, Joseph Pappas. He killed himself when confronted by police over the murder of George H.W. Bush's former cardiologist, Dr. Mark Hausknecht. I guess his name. Hmm. Um... Apparently, uh, Houston Police Chief Art Acevedo said this is our suspect when he was at a press conference an hour after Joseph Pappas, age 62, shot himself near his home in Houston. Um, The police chief explained that a witness called authorities to say he had seen the suspect that he believed was Pappas, as well as a wallet and ID that that he found on the ground with the guy's name. Hmm. Um, Acevedo, uh, the police chief here, said that he wasn't sure if Pappas intentionally left the wallet so i don't know if this guy wanted to be found because mm. when police did arrive at the guy's home he was wearing full body armor wow which amazes me because if i was wearing full body armor i'm ready for a fight yeah you know i'm, I'm ready to go out i'm <laughs> like i'm ready to be like uh what was his name in iron man the, the evil guy uh uh jeff bridges character in yeah, iron man right like in a full like ed 209 suit or something <laughs> but he didn't comply with the officer's commands and when more officers closed in he just shot himself in the head oh why do you have body armor? On? Yeah,
3: like how lame yeah. is that? Well, I guess because if you get, if they shoot you in the fucking shoulder or something, you'll survive. Yeah, but, I mean, then... he had like a
2: full. Well, yeah. can't you get body armor like so it's on your your arms, your legs, or is it just body armor, just like the vest? No, you can get it on your arms and legs too. If I was this guy, I would be like you know full body suit like yeah. of armor. Hmm. I wonder if uh, you actually did have real armor.
3: Oh, like a medieval. Yeah, like a medieval armor. knight can yeah. that stop a bullet. Yeah, but they could just kick you over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you could probably take a few bullets. Yeah, you could.
2: I mean, I'm surprised. This guy had like a cache of weapons. Yeah, I would have gone. I mean, I was expecting like some death, some bloodshed. But instead, it's just like anticlimactic. I'm just going to off myself. Hmm. Um, the police chief said he was convinced if there had been a shootout with police, um, there would have been a shootout had a second officer not arrived. Hmm. But the fact that uh, the one guy was there... I don't know. He goes, you don't wear body armor when you're thinking of suicide. Exactly, but this guy's. I don't know, <sighs> yeah. anticlimactic pussy. Mm-hmm. Um, he added that uh, police believe Pampas had been camping since Wednesday when he was identified as a suspect in uh, the doctor's death. Uh, he was found with a backpack and a bulletproof vest under his shirt. Body armor on top of that and bulletproof vest. You know, I was thinking about this. Like, I would, I would not be very good on the land
3: because
2: hmm. have you noticed that when uh, usually people like escape from prison or they commit a murder and they go on a lamb, it's like they usually go to like someone's house or they hide out in a hotel yeah yeah and then they get caught instantly because sure. someone recognizes them but the people who are successful go full on Rambo and like go out in the woods in like Pennsylvania yeah
3: live and, in like an abandoned house or something yeah, yeah or
2: like a coal mine or something and they, yeah. and they last out there because they know how to hunt and do all that yeah. I suck at camping right I don't I know what I would do the only time i've ever gone camping i slept in my car right so i wouldn't be able to put up a tent let alone like kill something to eat i I would just die like i know i would complain and then yeah they'd find me i'd probably just give myself up i I would suck at it
3: i think the problem isn't killing something i think the problem is gutting it properly without it getting infested with maggots or something like that is actually the the tricky part
2: you know uh, a couple weeks ago i was in florida with my girlfriend's family And I caught this fish. I didn't even know what to do with it. I was Mm. just like, I didn't want to touch it. Mm. I didn't want to take it off the hook. So her dad was just like, come on, just grab it. But even he was wearing like an oven mitt to grab it. Right. And so, I mean, if I was in the wild, you know, I I wouldn't last long in the wild, put it Mm. that way. (laughs) I mean, would you be able to do that? Would you be able to go and camp for like three months in the wilderness? If I had access to YouTube... (laughs) Yes, yes, I would. If you had Wi (laughs) Fi. Yeah, you just watch some tutorials. How would we record the show? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, Acevedo here also addressed reports of a hit list that Papa's had. Apparently, the suspect had put together an extensive file on the doctor, and inside the file, there was a sheet with several names of other doctors Hmm. at this uh, Texas Medical Center. I don't know, I think maybe the guy just hates Obamacare. Yeah. Or something, Hmm. you know? I don't know what happened here. Um, The motive behind all this, though, is that Pappas was seeking revenge for his mother who died on uh, the doctor's operating table more than 20 years ago.
3: Then why do you have a list of other doctors?
2: Maybe there are other doctors that treated her there, too. Oh, okay. I mean, this guy had been holding a grudge for two decades before he enacted this plan. Damn. Yeah. It's like some Cape Fear shit. Yeah, I mean, just to just do that. So, uh, Pappas was the next police officer. He worked as a police officer from 83 to 95. And then uh, from 95 to 2013, he was a reserve officer. So, this guy had, like, access to a lot of firearms. Mm. Ever since uh, House Connect uh, was shot dead, the doctor, he appeared to have been putting his affairs in order. So, he was planning on it. Sure. Like, I mean, he was planning on dying. Like, either death by cop or suicide. Um but yeah, like an Ohio woman that he was friends with claimed uh, he deeded his home to her three days after the attack. Hmm. Just texted her and was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you my house for you and your daughter. Have you ever thought about that? Like, Because you, you contemplate suicide on a regular basis. Yeah. Like almost, what, hourly? Yes. But uh, what would you do with your shit?
3: Like your cat? Yeah, that's, that's usually the thing that stops me, to be honest. What about your record collection? It's, it's all this stuff. I don't think anybody wants my shit
2: you know what I mean honestly (laughs) would would you will like random weird stuff to like Jared or some of your friends I would yes yes I would I I was thinking like my Velvet Elvis I would just give to like one of my random friends I went to high school with or something right my record collection I don't know who I'd have to think
3: about it I just I I try not to think about that because that's actually just depressing especially when you have to go through somebody's shit after they die because most of it's like I don't want this garbage, and it's like stuff that was important to them, but it's not. It means nothing to you. you <laughs> like know? something that they gifted to you. Yeah, yeah. And you're <laughs> and like that like fucking garbage. I don't want your fucking old clippings from the Inquirer about JFK Jr. or I don't want your fucking sock full of knives, Grandma. Whatever,
2: you know. <laughs> they say when you're 38, though, you're supposed to, have or maybe actually at 40, you're supposed to have a will. Right. You're supposed to put will together so to yeah, make you're it easier for your to loved to own ones.
3: Things. You're also supposed I, to, I own, supposed to things. own things. I guess you're supposed to own things, yeah. property and whatnot, you know? <laughs> Car, yeah. Yeah, you, you want you're... my Kia fucking <laughs> Optima? <laughs> Fuck you.
2: My Ikea table? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I imagine I'd have some stuff uh, I'd have to give to somebody. Um, or, or just be like, everything goes to my sister, you sort it out. Hmm. So anyway, the woman, uh, this Ohio woman, Jeanette Spencer said upon receiving the deed, uh, she called him She's like, what's going on? He's, and he said he had a terminal illness and that's why he had to deed the house to her. Mm. She was like, okay. And they've been friends for like 25 years. Okay. And so the text message on the day that he died, he, uh, sent to one of her daughters and he said that, uh, he's going to go, he's going to commit suicide. He lied about the, the terminal illness. And, uh, He sorry for handling it this way but the house property is all yours just make the best use of it for you and your daughter and that's when she was like okay well you know she knew he was angry with a doctor over his mother's death this guy was a real this guy's like Anthony Perkins yeah he's a real mama's boy here
3: he did a drive-by shooting on a 10 speed yeah on a bike was he in the Goonies or something (laughs) what the fuck
2: you know I don't know he rode past the doctor turned around and just capped him three times okay yeah, on their 10 speeds. Hmm. It's like the widest drive-by I've ever it really heard of. Is, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Live strong. <laughs> yeah, was well, you wearing shorts and right. some Birkenstocks, yeah, yeah. polo shirt? Uh, yeah, she added that another one of her daughters he had actually taken under his wing and, uh, And like kind of raised her and paid for college and all that he apparently tried to sell guns online days after carrying out the murder and so after the killing they found a stash of weapons in his house including two tactical vests 38 caliber revolver and ammunition Mm. Um, so yeah he was ready to go so apparently yeah the doctor in 2000 treated president HW Bush senior Bush senior for an irregular heartbeat um, after he complained about lightheadedness. Uh, Bush paid tribute to him as a fantastic cardiologist and a good man. He also uh, asked asked him if he could tell him his favorite joke. You know, what's the name of my favorite uh, magician? Uh, David Copperfield. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best joke ever.
3: Yeah, man, I feel like great. with
2: the whole Me Too thing, he should get a pass. <laughs>
3: Don't you think? Yeah, I guess so. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's a regular, regular Rodney Dangerfield, that guy. Wow. Amazing. Anyway, mm. what do you have here for the second story? I got an Illinois man allegedly advertised sex with pregnant wife. Then fatally shot the man who showed up.
2: Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's a good song. Is that yeah. by the Doobie Brothers? Is that Michael McDonald that, he originally yeah, did?
5: <laughs>
1: hey, hey,
3: um,
2: I wish yeah. it was Michael McDonald who actually showed up the have right, sex with yeah. the pregnant man's wife.
3: <laughs> that would be a great way to go, by the yeah. way. By the way, Illinois Man was one of the um, one of the villains in Mega Man that you had to fight. <laughs> Illinois Man? Yeah, Illinois Man. What about Florida Man. Was he a boss? Yep. Yeah, all the states. Um... Uh, in 2013 Timothy Smith was convicted of first degree murder in the 2011 fatal shooting of Kurt Milliman 48 who showed up to Smith's Woodstock area home after Smith posted an ad on Craigslist to have sex with his wife in exchange for money wow so this guy's pimping out his wife yes pregnant wife Pimping out? did it say pregnant in the ad I believe I don't know actually we'll, let's get to that but uh-huh. I don't think so Um, His conviction was overturned in 2015. uh, And on Monday, Smith, now 34, appeared before a judge. um, And his first trial was presided by a jury. Um, For his second trial, Smith trolled a bench trial. Kimberly Smith, the wife, testified that she had agreed to the transaction, but during her encounter with Milliman, decided she no longer wanted to have sex with men for money.
2: Okay, so... She and her husband were like, yeah. hey, let's make a little extra cash. Yeah. Why don't we just make, uh, I'll advertise you <laughs> on Craigslist. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Yeah. I just think it's weird that the guy showed up and she's like eight months pregnant or whatever. And it's like, sweet, boner time. You know, yeah, I would you know. be like, wait a second. I didn't know that this was going to be a menage a trois.
3: A lot of guys are, you know, into that. Into pregnant women? Yeah. You
2: thing. know, there, are, there is like pregnant porn. Yeah. They're like I, submarines. Ah, but is that what it's called? I think that's what Ken Bone said. <laughs> remember? remember
3: that? Wait,
2: Ken Bone
3: He like pregnant pre- women. He liked pregnant women in swimsuits. And in he the calls underwater. them submarines. He called them submarines. Where
2: did he say this? On Reddit. Wow. You don't remember this? I do not remember okay, this. Okay, okay. That weirdo, the How guy that wore the get. red sweater. Yeah, the red sweater guy. <laughs> who didn't know at the time if he's going to vote for Hillary or Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He jacks so, off to women... And pregnant women in bikinis swimming in a pool. I think one pieces. Oh, in one pieces. Yeah, yeah. That's a weird. I I don't know
3: why I feel like it's one pieces, but I do. That's it. You know,
2: I've I've said this before on the show. Mm. Pregnant women just freak me the fuck out. I don't like them. Mm. I don't like to be near them. Okay. And they just scare me. All right. I mean, don't they bother you? no I don't care
3: you, you don't care about being around you know, the only thing I care about is like ah oh, Jesus I gotta give you my seat now don't I well Fuck, there's, there's that the inconvenience yeah. but what bothers me and I, I know I've
2: talked about it here on the show I just don't want the circumstance where I might have to deliver that child
3: well, seeing as you're not a character in a sitcom, I think you're okay. You
2: never know. Yeah, we, you know, people get stuck in the elevators in my building all the time. Yeah, and there's quite a number of pregos walking around, like these pregnant women. They're, uh, yeah. they work up to,
3: they work to like eight and a half months. All right. Well, let me ask you a question and see if this is a likely scenario. Um, are you the protagonist of Frasier? <laughs> then no, it's probably, you're probably fine. You'll probably be all right. I think okay? I could
2: be uh, the protagonist of Jewfeld, you know, yeah, which is yeah. the, the sitcom that, that
3: basically is my life. The sitcom about Evan Seinfeld? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's cousin who is in Biohazard? Yeah, Jewfeld. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, it could happen. They freak me out. Okay, all right, fair enough you know so yeah she gets to look at this guy she's like you know what not so much so she began to argue they, with the weirdo that showed up oh, so he showed up they yeah. didn't even have sex she's yet. like you know what forget this and he's like no but you said uh, meh and you think there'd arguing. be a
2: vetting process like you yeah. have to be attracted to him right
3: I, I don't know the, the ins and outs of the fucking well, understanding her, between her and her husband.
2: Well, if you were pimping out your wife, would yeah. you want to like at least look at the
3: guy and be like, okay, he's got a job. Am I pimping her out or is it like a swingers weird thing where it's like, I want to want to have sex with another man. Okay. Well, with this. Was while the, I play my Nintendo DS in the closet. <laughs> was this know? guy
2: there during the incident? Because to me, that means he might be into like the voyeur thing or cuckolding or something.
3: Uh, he, oh, he was there. Oh, so okay, so yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. That's Thank where you. I'm going with this. Um, when Milliman allegedly became violent, Timothy Smith, who was secretly watching, he was in the closet, waking and closet. watching it. Yeah, like that, R, okay, that's like weird. R. Kelly um, allegedly intervened and shot Milliman with a handgun from behind. You know, you know what?
2: This now is we got another a, staggerly situation. This is you know? a
3: classic example of like
2: men and women having different attractiveness to, to, to each other to the opposite sex because you know how like yeah that's what this is an example <laughs> <of>. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> like sometimes when a woman's like uh-huh. that guy's really attractive you're like are you out of your mind yeah this guy's attractive like uh newman from seinfeld okay like i would much rather see or kramer i'd rather see that guy having sex with my wife than like i don't know who's that soccer christian Ronaldo. but a lot of women would prefer Ronaldo over Newman or Michael Richards okay you know so I bet you what happened here this guy's like I want Michael Richards to have sex with my wife he picked her out she shows up or he shows up and she's like what the fuck no way
3: yeah and then hijinks ensue well I want to (laughs) I want to sincerely thank you for allowing me to imagine Wayne Knight having sex is that Newman yeah that's Newman Wayne Knight how do you know his name I don't know. Yeah. I, I wish I knew. I think it's because he gets spit on by that dinosaur in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> he fucked that dinosaur yeah, off camera. I think so, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I bet you that guy gets a lot of ass, though. So,
3: sure. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 Spitting Jesus Christ. All right, so... Um, he was secretly watching Handgun. Originally, the Smiths told police Milliman was an intruder... And filed a police report for a home invasion. Kimberly Smith pleaded guilty to filing a false police report and was sentenced to probation. The couple divorced, and Kimberly has since remarried. So that's a good alibi. I mean, that's a good yeah. cover-up. I mean, I would have said something like
2: that. But then again, it's like, what? They go to his house and find his computer, or his phone, yeah, emails back and forth. Yeah, the
3: guy probably called them before he went over
2: there. Yeah. You know, I would have said something like he showed up. And uh, he got rough with her. Right. And I told him to stop.
3: And then I had to bust a cap in his ass. Yeah. Well, they could just be like, I ordered a home invasion from Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. Which I've done. Yeah, I was about to know. say. So, <laughs> I wish I were kidding. Um, so, yeah. During his first trial, Smith's defense attorney claimed his client never intended to kill Milliman arguing that the gun just went off. Hmm. The paper reports that at Smith's sentencing, he asked Milliman's relatives, who described their loved one as the rock. Welcome welcome to the rock. But like the Dwayne Johnson Johnson rock or? The rock of the family. Or metaphorical rock, okay. The rock of ages, the rock of Gibraltar, whatever, okay? For forgiveness. Hmm. Um, Smith's conviction was overturned in just two years into his 50-year sentence, according to the Herald. Uh, On what grounds? They said that the the, the appellate court said that um, the jurors should have been given the option of an involuntary manslaughter verdict, or at least a chance to have a go at his wife. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but they, uh, Kimberly Smith testified. Um, she said she was having problems remembering the night of Milliman's death. It's very hazy, she said, after being asked on the stand if she recalled seeing her ex husband with a gun or if she remembered anyone being shot that night. Like she wouldn't remember that. Yeah.
2: Like Jesus Christ. It's like you invited a guy over to have sex with you and she met on Craigslist. You can remember that. Yeah.
3: There's gonna be a lot less of these stories now that you can't do this on Craigslist anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah. I wonder so what what happened to the baby?
3: I'm assuming she ha- <laughs> did. She had the kid. It says nothing about the baby in the story. Okay. <laughs> Let's assume she had the baby since it's not 1892. Okay. Would, Let's just assume that that happened. And well, she's would married- you
2: be upset with your parents if you found out like your mom had been hoeing while she was pregnant with you?
3: I'd be weirded out.
2: Yeah. I would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. You know, buy me an Xbox One. I'd be like, you're an
3: instrument of the gods. And <laughs> I
2: need to avoid you. That's what I need to do. I would yeah. use that as an excuse to be a 38 year old man without a job. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. what I would use it for. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, people send your story. Stick around podcast at ahavna.com. We have phone calls coming up next. Three two three five two two four zero three two is that number. But first, here's a word from good old Adam and Eve.
0: Hey, Eve.
4: Hey guys, it's me Steven, I'm a huge fan of your show. Thanks to your awesome coupon code, DIDDLE, I can buy myself loads of good sex toys. Since both of my wives died, and my Eric's disease got pretty bad. Let's just say, things in the bedroom got pretty boring. But thanks to adamandeve.com and and coupon code diddle, D-I-D-D-L-E,
5: I am now a new man,
0: thanks
2: so we got a few phone calls to get to, 323 4032 is that number, remember to keep it under three minutes, otherwise it'll be too long to play here on the show, we'll save it for the Patreon. Um, so yeah, big news, big news, I just want to give a little teaser, a little teaser here about the calls, Schlitzy called in, and I've been saving this one, um, with the full story. Of uh, the kidnapping. Oh, it's baby. a three-parter, so we're going to get oh, to all three. Yeah. Uh, but the first call actually is from uh, that that girl that worked at the uh, Taco Bell.
5: Oh,
1: yeah.
3: sure. Hmm.
5: Hey daddies, it's Pearl, it's been a few weeks. I haven't been busy, hey, I just didn't have a reason to call you. I don't have <laughs> any- Paris
3: loves co- that. I don't love it, you, well, you lo- always
2: you, say You that. get like this shit-eating grit every time she's like, hey
3: daddies. I don't like the daddy thing, <laughs> I honestly don't. <laughs> I find it just so unnerving. I just like her voice, that's it. I just like her voice,
5: all right? Finding stories when you work at Taco Bell for your entire life. So listening to the podcast while walking home, there was a guy talking about the going to the chip shop and what sounded like, you know, wrapping a burger and chips. At Taco Bell, we've got the nacho fries. And people actually order burritos with the fries inside. Oh but the God. thing about the fries is, is that, like, we have to fry them so, like, quickly because they're bad in, like, 15 minutes. I can't imagine those being any good when they're, you know, surrounded by beans and red sauce and...
3: Which uh what fast food restaurant do you think has the best fries? I feel like Burger King or something. No, no, you know what? Anywhere that has curly fries. Yeah, or waffle curly fries. That's yeah, what you want. Waffle fries and do it do it well. Yeah.
2: In-N-Out has decent fries. I've had that before. Mm. They're more natural, but they don't taste well, as no, good. No, I'm, I'm, my bad. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Their waffle fries. Oh, they're waffle fries. Those are, those are good. Yeah. I kind of think it's a horrible mm. uh, company <laughs> to yeah, go yeah. Buy, buy food from. Mm. However, their waffle fries are pretty good. Sure. But Taco Bell should not be in the fry game. No, they shouldn't. I wouldn't trust any fries in Taco Bell. That's the one thing that bothers me about Taco Bell. I talk about my, you know, I'm, I'm honest about my love for Taco Bell because it is one of the only fast food restaurants that has a lot of vegetarian options, but I only get bean burritos. I don't trust them to make anything else. I would never get a seven layer burrito Mm. there because there's there's like six chances for them to fuck it up and give me like salmonella or something. Dip theory. Whereas like, yeah, whereas fucking taking french fries and shoving it in one of your burritos, it's like, is that what they want to do? It's like, let's just make America fatter. How could we do this? Well, let's just combine like four things into one. Yeah. And then put know. fries on top of it.
3: Yeah. The,
2: it, it, mind blowing. Okay. I don't get it.
5: All that soppy mess that goes into what we call a tortilla. <laughs> anyway, I have a little bit of an uh, epidemic. Well, not epidemic, but an issue coming up. The epidemic, what
3: <laughs> <I laughs> turned... <laughs> do you have, malaria or <laughs> measles or something? Yeah. she <laughs> got rubella. Uh, typhoid <laughs> epidemic, <laughs> <laughs> rubella. <laughs>
5: One in september and then two weeks later i'm going to vegas with my dad and in vegas we're going to be going for an eve convention and if you know what eve is it's basically a video game that consumes your entire life and it consumes my dad's no doubt and i'm going to be going to
3: what is that i think she means i think she means eve online i've never heard of this it's like i played it like once but i couldn't get into it it's like um it's like a, it's like an online game like World of like Warcraft. an MMO. MMORPG. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Where it's like you're in space, and you, but it's more based around economics than action. Like you can be like a bounty hunter and like, ah, I gotta kill this space pirate and then I get money, but then I gotta sell spices and trade it in arbitrage with the fucking Gamorians to get this thing and it's a whole deal do you actually fight the uh the other aliens i think there's some action but i know it's it's more based around economics than than anything else i've never understood people that are into those type of games yeah
2: like why would you do that my my girlfriend plays this game called slime farmer right seen that yeah i've seen that where you gotta go around and you farm different slimes and you trade slimes and you gotta buy food to feed the
3: slimes I like games like that, but I'm very particular about which ones I like, because so, so, some of them are very like Dwarf Fortress is kind of the most complicated one.
2: But 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 with this guy, why doesn't he get into like cryptocurrency or something, or get into like finance and trading stocks? Actually, do something that you can benefit from. Eve Online, you're still trading. You're I don't know still why don't you go to law services? school? You know, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. What, like what are you? Like, uh, well, if you're gonna do financial shit, why are anyway, I an astronaut? You know? Yeah, but if you're gonna do financial shit in a virtual world, why not do financial shit in a real world?
3: I, I don't, I don't have an answer to that.
2: Unless there's a lot of act, I don't know. Yeah. Well I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm confused about the appeal of this EVE Online
3: game. I mean, why go into plumbing when you could just play Super Mario Brothers? I don't know. <laughs> I would do. I'd prefer to play Super Mario. Brothers okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> go <going> to plumbing. <laughs>
5: Convention with him. And we're not just me doing that, he wants to do all the normal Vegas stuff as well. But it's gonna be my first time in Vegas, and I'm actually not much of a heavy drink.
2: I kind of feel bad for her. First time in Vegas, she has to go to a Eve online convention. You know,
3: my buddy is, is in Vegas right now at a Star Trek convention. Oh I'm sure there's a crossover there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what years I, was Eve popular? Um, it was more popular like in like 2006. Wow, so I didn't I honestly didn't even know people were still fucking playing that game. So I had no you, idea do you
2: think the same people at that that attended that Dulce base convention that you went to will be at this Eve online convention? No, I don't no. even think
3: I think that's too advanced for those people.
2: God, I, yeah. I couldn't even imagine who he's gonna be, uh, who's gonna attend this thing.
3: It's very particular types of nerds that played Eve online. if I remember particular <laughs> if I remember correctly, wow. it's usually just like, you know disgruntled IT people whose only outlet is to fucking, you know, do spice arbitrage in the, you know, the auction house. For she, you know,
2: she should pull a full like fear and loathing. Yeah. Go get some fucking like mescaline. Yeah. <laughs> Just old school drugs and make this fun.
3: All right. Can you buy mushroom spores legally in the Nevada? Because you can't in California.
2: I don't think so. Okay. Oh, actually, you could probably order them online.
3: You can't get them shipped in California because spores oh. are illegal in fucking California.
2: Yeah, but if you order them
3: like Silk Road, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, I could probably do. Oh, well, who knows? It's not Silk Road no. anymore. It's like Alpha Market or some shit. I don't know, something like that.
5: But my fear is, you know, since I know the audience of your podcast, considering I'm part of it, in the event that I am roofied, what should I do? All right, keep it keep it wrong. Have a good weekend, and I'll see you. Uh, talk to you guys in a couple weeks.
3: All right. If the, okay. In the event that you've been roofied, it's too late. Yeah, you've I was about roofied. to say there's not much you can do. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, roofied by your dad? No. I'm pretty, <laughs> like sure pretty sure that's not what you mean. Well, I'm pretty sure if she's out there, you're yeah. not going to get roofied when you're with your dad.
3: No, you can get, what is he, looking at her drink the whole fucking night? I'm sure
2: she's going to be hanging out with him. He's not going to let some weirdo come over and, like, put something in her drink or buy drinks for you her. Know,
3: you can't watch a drink. You know, I guess you
2: maybe can't even but, watch your own. Okay, drink, but if on I was else's drink. if I was there with my daughter, yeah. she's twenty, turned twenty one. We're at like the Mandalay Bay, uh-huh. and we're drinking, and some dudes are talking to her. I'm gonna hang out and be talking to them too. You know, if unless she's Who like says
3: they gotta go up and talk to her to put something in her fucking drink.
2: Yeah, but I'm mean, gonna see if she starts acting like like she's roofied. I'm gonna be like, okay, we're gonna yeah, go to if bed. She now. acts
3: like she's roofied. Yeah, then that's you know. Yeah, you, but but if she goes up by herself, which she certainly will, and
2: probably. you get roofied.
3: And she gets roofed, yeah. You're
2: what? pretty much fucked, literally. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't think there's much you can do.
3: You need a buddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you need a buddy. I, You
2: know, if if you want my advice, mm. I wouldn't go out, being that you're 21. Yeah. I don't know what she looks like, but I'm assuming she kind of sounds hot. Um, being 21, I wouldn't go out by myself in Vegas. Okay. You need a buddy.
3: Okay. I think, it's,
2: I think that's yeah. a good idea for most girls,
3: you, you know? You can, um, this is probably what I would do, but, you know. I don't think this really translates to normal people. Um, just have an emergency syringe filled with meth, so that if you feel yourself starting to get starting to get you know woozy, Break just like yeah, boom, ha you know, just and then you're fine. You're good. It cancels it out. Yeah, yeah. Then you'll be fine. Or you maybe I don't know, pop fucking three Adderalls or something, you know. that's what you do if you have time if you if you can get your wits about you and i've I've never been roofied i've never actually taken i've done you've never done uh you know what i might have done it and i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) yeah you probably won't i think i did take it and i don't remember and that's the
2: best part yeah you might get roofied you're not gonna remember what they do to you right yeah so hey why not yeah hope you win on wheel of fortune (laughs) now what (laughs) Yo, go play the Wheel of Fortune. Go play Wheel of Fortune slots. Okay, and then it doesn't matter if you get roofied and gang
3: raped. No, play the Gremlin slot machine. What's the Gremlin? Is that a penny slot? It's one of the slot machines that's branded with a stupid, with Gremlins. Yeah, with gremlins. I
2: like the Elvira one.
3: Okay, so, that's all right.
2: But yeah. yeah, the Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune slots my favorite because they get the female Gremlin
3: on there. Oh, the, the, the one that's like yeah. a
2: trans yeah, yeah, yeah. Gremlin.
3: Yeah. Is that a male or a female gremlin? It's the female gremlin because gremlins are, um, you know, um, what do you call it? Parthenogenic, right? They they're, they're all the they they're don't have genders, sexes? yeah. They don't oh, have okay. genders, but because they were given that weird serum by Christopher Lee in the movie, one of them got I don't know, estrogen or oh, something. Beca- oh, one of them yeah. beca- kind of became became a woman. feminine. Yes.
2: How do they reproduce? Just water, right? Water. So they Just don't actually water. have sex. They don't have sex. Gremlins don't have penises. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just water. If they did, it'd be oof. Yeah. Mean, we'd be in
3: from real trouble.
2: Well, because think about it. They'd be like rabbits. Yeah. You know? Well, Taco Bell, girl, uh, watch out for the gremlins yeah. in Las Vegas. Because they're the ones with the roofies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if you're with your dad, you're not going to get roofied. Yeah. Um, anyway, good luck in Vegas. Hope you win. Uh, the next call, this is the moment you've been waiting for. So, a few weeks ago... We had Schlitzy called the show yeah. and alluded to like the time he got kidnapped or something or he was yeah. like, Oh yeah, I've never told that story, I got kidnapped. And we're like, What? He just kinda yeah. left us it was like blue balls. Like we're yeah. like, What what are you talking about? You got kidnapped. We want to hear about this. So we finally called back. It's a three part call and pretty much tells us the tale of the kidnapping. Yeah. So let's get to it.
0: What's up you fox? It's Slishy. Slitzy. Um all right so D and Harrison my bad I fucking blew balls you guys on the whole kidnapping story. Um yeah, it was terrible. it's uh super traumatic and I'm shaking right now because I've never fucking said any of this out loud. Uh I mean I've like hinted to the therapists and kind of talked about it. I've written about it a lot. I have a trauma log where I wrote like the whole thing out. But uh a trauma I have, log? <laughs> I should have that.
2: Why don't yeah, I but, have that? Nobody what is a trauma me? log? I don't know. It's just like things that have happened to you that have been traumatic. Travelogue, log, start age,
3: 24,
2: God, you'd have like
0: six. No, yeah. <laughs> you guys better make me laugh about this. All right. So I'm like 17. Um, I just started doing heroin. Um, and I go to Camden to cop, uh, from a corner. um, well-known Camden was riddled with gangs back then this is then. Jersey
3: and yeah it's like South Jersey so when
2: he was 17 what years like mid 90s late is.
3: 90s or that no that's North
2: Haverbrook or something. I, I get is it, are we talking like late 90s he's, he's early like 2000s. 10 years
3: younger than me oh, okay so, so I like, was 10 y- it's like
0: 12 years ago let's say okay yeah wow. okay uh, uh, I go to this corner that I go to all the time and um See, I hate.
3: I, I I used to do that when I was young. I don't do that. Any, go cop straight off the street from a stranger. I don't. You know. But I back, will never do that again in my life. I don't know again, what do years,
2: that. what year he's talking about. Yeah. But in New York, I remember uh, this is probably like 1995. Yeah, I'd go with my friend Kessler, and there are different areas you can go mm. get 9x over here, yeah. Lower East Side, and so he would. He'd be like, "Yeah, I got to go cop it. I'm mm. feeling this today." So we'd go to like a certain area just to yeah. go get it, and it was. I was surprised at how effortless it was. Yeah. I figured it'd be, there'd be more of like a ceremony or something right. in it, but no,
0: it was very effortless. The uh, guy is a different guy. Uh, I stole a truck uh, to go down there. Cause you don't go to Camden back in the day. You didn't go to Camden with your car. Um, and so I'm in this stolen truck. I uh, sit in it with my leg up on the bench seat. And uh, the guy uh, has me, pull down. Well, we pulled down a corner. I sit and like face him with my leg up on the seat and he pulls a gun on me and pulls a gun to my head and he goes, uh, give me all your money or I'm going to fucking kill you. And I, I go, you know, I'm in withdrawal at the moment. And I don't know what came over me, but I told him to go fuck himself. As he starts to uh, look around, he pulls the, he starts cocking the gun back and he looks down the alleyway and he looks down the other one. I uh, kicked the gun because uh, my leg was already up and uh, shot. I don't understand this.
2: He had his leg up on the bench of the truck seat. Like think there's a bench seat in the truck. What's he doing with his leg up like that? I don't know. I'm a little confused by that it's but he went but so yeah he was like uh, Bruce Willis in Die Hard he just kicked the gun out right, of his yeah. hand
3: okay
0: mm-hmm. I went off through the windshield I grabbed the gun with one hand I punched him in the throat with the other uh, end up getting the gun out of his hand Jesus
3: what? <laughs> he, just
2: like Seagal, <laughs> he just disarmed he just
0: disarmed a gunman
2: yeah, on the yeah. street yeah. alright this story's very credible up until now oh, yeah. <laughs> junkie yeah, uh, yeah junkie vigilante disarms guy in the alley where were the where were the invisible ape men
0: <laughs> all right Steven okay. Seagal sorry I had to drag the cigarette um I turned on him and shot him twice Um <laughs>
3: like Jean Claude scumbag over
5: I just like what?
3: What? <laughs> he just
2: stole the gun yeah. like kicked it out of his hand, pulled it around where did he learn this in like junkie tra- like junky assassin training school or something
3: yeah yeah they they I think they teach it at the community center they have somebody dressed you know in the padded suit he's a would...
2: red sparrow <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. All I right. drop the gun. I drop everything. I fucking stumble out of the truck, and I just start fucking running. And as I'm running, I'm like, "Fuck!" Why don't you just drive away? Yeah, I was
2: about <laughs> to say you stole a truck already. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be You're a little faster a yeah. if
0: you could drive away. Okay. But okay. I just shot uh, a fucking you know gang member. Like I'm I'm fucked. What kind of gang member? I want to know.
3: I, I don't know.
2: It's
5: important
3: to me satan's helpers <laughs> yeah but like <laughs> <laughs> yes was that the no, biker like, gang is from it, is, Big Adventure? but is it like a gang like an asian gang a black gang hispanic like what are we biker talking about Biker gang, yeah, was fucking latin about that.
0: kings fucking you know okay. this is not good like they're gonna they, you know this guy's gonna remember my face um you know so I uh... yeah but I imagine
2: you could probably kick the shit out of 30 gang members right with your skills yeah. <laughs>
5: A very specific set of skills.
3: <laughs> All right, so what does yeah. Liam Neeson do next? His uh, uh, hands and fists are registered as deadly weapons, <laughs> deadly weapons, like Nick Cage and Con Air. I picture him, he the... <laughs> I picture him more like the dude in Jim
2: Kata. Do you remember that? No. It was this martial arts movie that came out in the late '80s that that somewhat fused gymnastics <laughs> and karate, and it was okay. called Jim Kata. And okay. the guy would do somersaults, but also karate kicks. <laughs>
3: What's that Brazilian one where
0: you're like dancing and you're also playing? Uh, Capoeira. Okay, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, run to another gang area. Uh, this area that I used to cop out a lot. There was like two areas I used to cop out a lot.
3: This just sounds like Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. <laughs> I and think I was
0: doing a mission for the Yardies,
3: and that got fucked up. I think you know? that's what it
2: really okay, is. Okay.
3: But okay, I'm
2: I'm willing to suspend my disbelief and keep going. Okay.
0: Um, I asked to see the guy who uh, I run up to the to the set, and I go, "I need to show see me your leader." I go in and I see the boss, and uh...
2: Schlitzy's <laughs> so like, "Take me to your yeah. boss, man." <laughs> Wow. Do you think he's going to do like a finishing move on the boss? What can I do for you on this the day
3: (laughs) of my daughter's wedding?
0: Uh, uh, I start getting worked up at this point. Um, I I see the boss and I tell him what happened and I'm like, I need protection. Um, What? he's 17 years old by the way yeah just go
2: home (laughs) just go home he's part of the whole crime underworld in
3: New York in New Jersey I mean you go home and then that's a great fucking incentive to stop fucking copping heroin well I want to know what Tony Soprano said here yeah (laughs) because it happened to me once where a guy was like you know dealers were trying to like kill me so then I just stopped going I stopped doing it for a while
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Because I'm afraid that they're going to come after me. And uh, in retrospect, I think this guy saw the advantage of having a young white kid um, work for him. So he... I don't see the advantage of yeah, that at about,
2: all. What's the advantage of having Schlitzy work yeah. for you? It's like, I want to have everything
3: stolen from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I don't even think this guy could get uh-huh. a job at a Taco Bell. What's that movie, that mob movie where like the bikers are in the mafia club? And then they piss off the mafia, and Chaz Parliamentary is like, now you just can't
0: leave.
2: Oh. <laughs> I don't even that's know. That's what I keep thinking about. Is that about the Bronx tale? It might be the is Bro- it Bronx, a Bronx tale. the Bronx tale? Yeah.
0: Yeah. goes, yeah. all right,
3: you're going to work for me. Okay. Is that
2: part
0: so, one? That's part one. All right, now we're going back to part two. Yeah. says that I'm going to work for him um, in return for protection from the other gang.
3: Because he can make the best Manhattan in town. <laughs>
0: you know? Yes, yeah, so he's like yeah. Spider in Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. Dance,
3: Spider.
1: Yeah.
3: Dance, like you <laughs> like crawl, like you crawl for the fucking drinks. Shiny. What What am I on your pain-o-mind list over here? Go get your fucking shoe
2: box. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Your shine your box. Shine your box. shine box. Yeah. So, was this an Italian gang, a black gang, yeah. a Mexican gang, a Jamaican gang? It was <laughs> a Jewish gang. It was, it was a
0: Meyer Jewish Lansky. <laughs> And murder gang, yeah. Um, I fast forward a couple months. um, I'm running. (laughs) What the? All right, Scorsese. Dope from the from you know the headquarters to the corner boy. What
3: fucking gang is it? What gang is it? I just want to know who. Is is this like the Wire? Is this like a fucking? What is the gang? Oh, okay. He said the advantage of a white kid, so it's got to be like Uh, like an ethnic gang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, I'm thinking maybe.
2: Maybe Chinese guys. <laughs> he's going to Chinatown. It's probably
3: in actually in Providence. A lot of the guys you guys dope, you bought dope off. At least in the nineties and early outs, were Asian gangs. Oh, so maybe, yeah. maybe he's looking for an Asian like gang. Louse Pride, and you know they all had weird names like. It's that. an Al-Kin. Oh, and the, and the Oriental Boys with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to close the mall at one point because there were so many stabbings of like. Seventeen-year-old Asian kids from fucking Cambodia stabbing each other. Anyway, um, okay, I'm I'm assuming it's like, and so he's supplying the street dealers.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, and uh, I'm getting paid in dope and and money. Um, but I was doing I was in a you know way deep into my heroin addiction at this point. Uh, at, on a run, I pulled down this back alley.
3: Yeah, gang members love to have fucking people. Yeah,
2: full-blown full
0: junkies de- working for handling yeah. their packages. Yeah, to pull over and snort a line. I'm not at needles at this point. Um, and uh, two guys come up and stupidly, I didn't lock the doors and get in, open up the back seat, uh, back doors, and get in the car. And one of them puts a the gun to my head and he goes, he he, he starts telling me where to go we go to this bando which is so you idiots who don't know um that's an abandoned house um they this has come this has come up recently yeah it's coming full around full circle here didn't we
2: talk about bandos it's an abandoned house is what they call a bando
3: or at least in new jersey they call them (laughs) i've never yeah
2: so now they go and they, they they bust the uh spider over here right and uh and so then what happens in the bando
0: bring me inside.
3: Um I would think they'd kill him like in remember in the season of the wire with Snoop oh, where they'd yeah, yeah, kill yeah, people just, and put them in the abandoned houses with the nail gun.
0: You know, gun on me and I find out that it's the one guy that I shot and uh I guess his friend, I don't know, another gang member. Um
3: It'd be nice to know what gangs these were.
0: You
2: yeah, know. wait,
3: so he didn't kill the guy, he just <laughs> shot him. Yeah. Twice apparently. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Why didn't he? When the guy got in the back of him in the car and put the gun to his head, why didn't he just like reach back and like, oh, Jackie Chan, fucking shit, (laughs) you know? Yeah, where,
2: yeah, where were your kung fu skills then?
0: Oh, okay. They make me strip. They tie me up. uh, They hog tie me, um, and then uh, basically three days of hell started from that point. Um,
2: I think my three days of hell is just having a hog tied (laughs) schlitzy naked in your house.
3: It's like, uh, okay, <laughs> I'm in hell now. If I imagine it's not him, I can start to get turned on by this. That's what's
0: weird. That's what's fun about this for me.
5: So. Yeah, that, that is yeah. weird.
0: Another cigarette drag. Um, basically, the first day, they just raped me and just beat me with a bat. Um, I, I... Wait, they raped him with
2: a bat? No, they raped okay, him. Okay, they raped him and then beat, beat him, him with, with a, bat. a bat. Yeah. Okay, because that's what get most gang members do. So he yeah. crossed the gay <laughs> you know, gang. Peanut butter jelly. <laughs>
3: peanut butter jelly. <laughs> peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat.
2: <laughs> so he yeah. got on the wrong side of the gay gang. Yeah. yeah. The, well, the gay gang you know, in Jersey.
3: You go to prison. Stuff oh, okay. Happens, all right. Know. So this is all right. He broadens your horizons, let's say. He's getting punked know. out. Yeah. And uh, the uh, some people need prison to broaden their horizons. I don't personally, but to hey. me, it
2: sounds like a John Waters movie. Okay. But let's keep yeah. going.
0: Second day, um, they start cutting me. I have scars all over because one of the one of the guys really liked it. what he did. Was he would cut me, not like super deep and not bad cuts, but he would cut me. I have like scars all over my arms from from these cuts. He would take a razor blade and just like cut me. Death by a thousand cuts.
3: Was this gang run by the nefarious Dr. Fu Manchu? <laughs> I was
2: about to say. And his
3: opium trade? Did the other guy like squeeze all that Yeah, Yeah, yeah. His cuts? <laughs> a single drop of water falls on your head every three seconds. Eventually, you will go mad.
0: You know, like if you think of like a death by a thousand cuts. Um, okay, they- see what it sounds like? <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. He just brutally raped me for like two days, six, you know, six things in me, fucking beat me, um, you know, cut me, burn me, uh, all these things. Um, the second day, I'm like basically losing my mind. Um, and that's when the schizophrenia happened. Didn't the same thing happen to John McCain?
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: And look yeah. what he did. I mean, he yeah.
3: became
2: a senator and everyone loves that guy. Yeah. Still hope for you, Schlitzie. Yeah, I know. Like my,
0: I, think I have schizoaffective disorder, which is
2: what were they trying to do? Like, what were they trying to well, accomplish? It sounds like vengeance. Like the guy's yeah. just upset. I but mean, like, that,
3: how you know?
2: I'm surprised. He's tired
3: after, like you know.
2: Well, I'm surprised Slissie didn't chew through the binds yes. and then use his lethal weapons right?
3: just to take his own vengeance. Because we've been doing this for four hours. Like, I'm ready to take a nap. <laughs> like, I, like, you yeah. know, I'd be like, I'd be beating on him for four hours and I'd be like, you know what? Either kill him or let him go, guys, because I, I get to go to fucking Carl's Jr. or some shit. What I don't you get is
2: like, what are they going to get from the guy? He doesn't have any money. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, guess he yeah. had some dope. Yeah, take that and beat them up a bit. But it's like Mm -hmm. the three days of torture
0: seems a bit excessive to me. From what I've learned is from a traumatic event, schizophrenia happens. Um, On the third day, uh, they tell me that they're going to kill me. Um, They uh, put clothes on me. They untie me and they tie my hands behind my back. And they take me to the Camden waterfront. um, And they make me get down on my knees. And, uh, uh, they. That is probably a really not pleasant waterfront. No, the Camden waterfront? Yeah. No, yeah.
3: I don't imagine it's very nice.
0: They were talking about who was going to kill me, and then, like, the rest of this is kind of, like, um, not so clear in my mind, but I took off running, um, and, uh, ended up getting away. Um, basically, this whole thing was payback for me shooting that guy twice. Um, hmm. and, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I ended up, uh, staying in the gang for probably another. Um, so I ended up staying in the gang for, uh, a couple mo- yes, months. Yes. Part three. Okay. Part three. Four months, maybe a year. I don't know. Um, it's, a, it's very hazy. Um, and then, uh, uh, another traumatic event happened and, uh, I had enough and I went to my boss and, and because, um he felt that he failed me in our agreement he let me get jumped out and uh i exited the gang Uh, yeah i was about to say what kind of protection
2: was he given if you let him get gang or like raped repeatedly for three days and burned and cut up and all that yeah no i mean it's like it's like you've been working for this guy for protection and and dope yeah yeah i would be like i want a refund buddy
3: well, it's weird because it's like, the you know, I, I mean, obviously the reason why they don't like people who are fucking doing dope to deal it is because like, and and I'm, I definitely, I wasn't like this right away, but I got to the point. Like if it's there, I'm going to do it. I can't well, exactly. like have it in a drawer and just like have You're it You're chemically there. dependent yeah.
2: on this truck. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do
3: it? Yeah. Even if I'm not, even if I don't have a habit, if it's there, it will sing to me from whatever the fuck container it's in and, and I'll have to do yeah it. I wouldn't trust a junkie to deal no, with drugs no you can't yeah
0: I don't know it's weird but um and then like basically just like went on a massive fucking drug binge and like blanked all of this out of my mind um I hadn't I hadn't thought about any of this for probably like 12 years. And then all of a sudden when my daughter's born and they put my daughter in my arms, I have mad, bad flashbacks, like crazy flashbacks to this day. And like, you know, like I was like, no, none of this happened, none of this happened. Psychic babies.
3: Yeah, I was about to say, that's
2: a very odd correlation. It's yeah. like you, your daughter's born, you're holding your kid and you're like, God, I remember when I got raped for three days by a bunch of uh, evil gang members. That means that's the
3: second seal. The first yeah. one is Al Freeboot. The second one is his daughter being born because his daughter's going to be the next Hitler. Yeah, That's why he had all those if... visions and, and flashbacks.
2: Do you think he trained her in junkie kung fu? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not doing here too good here, man. I'm going to go lie down. I will train then... you to be an assassin. yeah, Much like me, a junkie sparrow. Yeah. <laughs>
3: You must vomit on your opponent constantly.
0: <laughs> and then they left the uh, fentanyl, um, not the fentanyl, the spinal tap fluid unlocked um, when they rushed my wife into the emergency room because she had to have an emergency C-section. And I, uh, I um, you know, I drank the uh, thing because I knew there was uh, fentanyl in it. And... There's fentanyl and spinal tap fluid? Wow. This, okay. is a, this is a
3: high point. Stonehenge, <laughs> yeah. where the demons dwell. Sorry. His
2: wife's yeah. delivering or delivering their child, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to drink a bunch of spinal tap fluid and get high. Right. Okay.
3: No, I get it.
0: Yeah. I get it. All of this melted away. And then uh, when I got clean my first time uh, at like 100 days, these flashbacks started happening I was like you know having PTSD like a motherfucker waking up thinking that I'm tied up and I'm like checking myself seeing if I'm getting cut or if I had cuts on me and all that stuff and uh, yeah basically that's it uh, I was raped and tortured for three days um, because of a bad decision because of drugs so drugs are bad okay alright Okay. There you go kids
2: yeah. I'm surprised like I'm waiting to hear like Schlitzy part four. Schlitzie's revenge. Right. Yeah. I go, why, why don't you go back and go get those gang members? Yeah. You
3: know that tortured you. I'd like um, to know a little more specific information about the. And if you, and like if you call back gangs? and be like, "Oh, I can't tell <laughs> because of reprisals," I, I'll go to fucking wherever the fuck you are. And and, and and find out. Yeah.
2: You know, I'm kinda of satisfied. I, you know, I was wondering when he was talking about the kidnapping. However It was you, it was a good story. But the, yeah. it was very entertaining. Yeah. But as you notice in the third call, hmm. he mentioned another traumatic event occurred that made him quit the gang. That's Did what he, he? said it goes, another traumatic event occurred.
3: What's more what traumatic yeah. I don't know what yeah. happened.
2: Now it's something else that, that made you quit the gang. So now I'm uh-huh. kinda of like wondering what was the, the final straw here? Yeah. Like what well, what
3: happened? Huh. I don't know. I, I think de- he blew up a, a helicopter with a rocket launcher and then he got a four star rating <laughs> and he couldn't shake the cops. So. Did Schlitzy
2: have like a compound bow with like a, with explosive tipped arrows? Yeah. <laughs> he just went there and just wreak revenge. That's what yeah. you should do. Mm-hmm. Schlitzy's revenge. Schlitzy's revenge. <laughs>
3: that's how <not> happens.
2: <laughs> well, I find that
3: story very believable. You have failed this city. I am the arrow. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't have any reason to be skeptical. I think everyone's of that. failed,
3: Camden. Yeah, I don't think you could do that in Camden.
2: He's the, he's the Camden Avenger. Yeah, yeah, that's I think that's what
3: happened.
2: <laughs> There's
3: nothing not to avenge in that city.
2: Wow. Okay. okay. Well, thank you, Schlitzie. You, yeah. you definitely answered all my questions with yeah. a very believable story. I have no reason to doubt anything that occurred in that.
3: <laughs> I mean, I you know I'm I'm friends with the guy. I'm not gonna you know. Uh, Whatever. I'm not gonna doubt things. It sounds like a lot of movies. It sounds like a bunch of stuff from a bunch of video games. If I'm gonna say movies and video games. If I'm gonna be objective. Yeah. Um. But I'm not. I'm gonna be subjective and I'm gonna be supportive. Uh. Friend. So
2: he joined the triads.
3: Yeah. uh, (laughs) He's like, what is your style?
2: Junkie fool.
5: And they sent
3: (laughs) they sent a cop from from China. You know, over to find him, and he teamed up with Chris Tucker. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, Twitzy? Yeah, it's called Tard Hour. Yeah, that's the name.
2: Of it. <laughs> Wow! Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, thank you, Schlitzy, yeah. uh, for for sharing that experience. And I'm sorry it was so traumatic, but uh, oh my god! You know this. Our whole commenting on this traumatic story of his is probably going to go in the trauma journal. It I hope is. You know. it it's is. like <laughs> journal entry. Fuck Sick and Wrong. (laughs) I hope he plays it. I hope
3: he plays it for his therapist. Honestly. honestly I'm sure sure it's going to really give (laughs) him therapy.
2: That's really going to help the therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Mm -hmm. People call the Sick and Wrong hotline 323-522-4032. We've mentioned this before, but we do. uh, We are performing Sick and Wrong podcast live August 14th at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Uh, We'll be at the Banshee Labyrinth, the Chamber Room, 6.20 p.m., August fourteenth, we sent out an RSVP list, hmm. uh, but it's already been it's full. Yeah, um, I know it's like a sixty-person theater, but there's probably going to be standing room.
3: Yeah, there's probably gonna be, or like the next room, maybe you can or, or something. Hall. And you know, to be honest, violate fire codes even if
2: you have to stand in the back or whatever. We're going to be hanging out afterwards. Yeah, and uh, we plan to like yeah go party in Edinburgh. And after. I've heard during Fringe, it's like bars open till five a.m. So it's going to be a crazy night. So even if yeah. you can't make it into the show, I mean, we recommend you, even though you've RSVP'd, get there early. I think they're passing out tokens. Just get there early and uh, and queue up and get into the show. But even if you don't get in, fuck it. Afterwards, let's hang out and drink
3: yeah. and party. Also, um, if, you get, if you're get if you there on the 14th and the 15th, actually, it's 3.30 uh, PBH Free Fringe at the Tollbooth Market, Room 6 is Terra is a Warm Gun, uh, the Hung Young terrorist uh, show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: she's like kind of chronicle, she's chronicling her hoe adventures, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, this should be great. Yeah.
3: That's about 45 minutes. I recommend uh, checking that out first for you and then before you come see us. And she might actually be hanging she out with be us there. There. Yeah, she later be that there. night. Yeah. So
2: it should be interesting to meet her too. Anyway, it's going to be a good time. August 14th, Edinburgh Fringe Festival. We're also planning on hanging out in London as well, probably not going to be doing a live show there, but we'll be doing a fan meetup and just drinking and hanging yeah. out. That'll probably be Friday, August seventeenth. This week, I'm going to make a, uh, a Facebook event for that. Right. So, uh, just so you know. But anyway, look forward to uh, hanging out with everybody in uh, Scotland. Best way to support the show is by becoming a Sick and Wrong patron. Go to our uh, awesome new website, SickandWrongPodcast.com. And uh, click support. It'll take you over to patreon.com uh, slash sick And there you can sign up. You get 30 or 40 minutes of bonus content every week. In fact, I'm going to be posting the entire interview we did with Robert Guffey because I had to shorten it up a little bit for the show. But I'll post that there. Uh, we have outtakes. Uh, you can hear Harrison's story about uh, about masturbating to Ryan Keeley. Yeah. Unfortunately, it did not go well for him. No. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. it was her. But that but those are the type of outtakes. That's yeah. the content that doesn't make the regular show. Yeah. But we have it for the patrons. Yeah. Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. We appreciate your supporting the show. Um, and uh, also people who have uh, signed up for the, the ten twenty dollar level will be sending out t-shirts very soon. The sick and wrong patreon quado tees. Uh, finally here, singing song of the week. We're going to dedicate this one to Robert Guffey and his book. Camellio. Mm. It's uh chameleon by the uh, Aussie punk band. The saints. Damn good band. Yeah. Actually. I forgot about those guys. Yeah, good stuff. And they've been still around. How come they don't tour?
3: I don't know. Yeah. They're another good, a good song, a song. by them, messing with the kid. That's another one. That's
2: think. it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That is yeah. a really good one. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're going to end the show here with chameleon by the saints. Uh, thanks for listening, people. We'll be back with episode 647 next week. Until then, take it easy.